Hi, this is Mark from The Highlighter. And Anne with Annotations. And welcome to The Highlighter Podcast. Where we discuss the best articles and podcasts on race, education, and culture. Hey, Mark. It is so good to be in the studio with you recording The Highlighter Podcast. We're at the end of our first month trying something new. Can you explain it? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun doing this new format. Uh, For the entire month this month, we have been focusing on one topic, doing a deep dive on the issue of college. And it's been a lot of fun. Have you enjoyed it too? Absolutely. And I think we're still finding our way. We're still figuring out the best way to take the angle. But I feel like by the end of the month, we were able to say, ah, we're focusing on one statistic or on one angle. And by the end, I feel like we both agreed that that fact of a third of students going to college today are the first in their family to go to college ended up being the angle that we took the most interest in. Yeah, we had this sort of general topic of college, thinking that that was specific enough. But then as we figured out and did our reporting and figured out who we wanted to have on the show, there was that that trend that it was all about first-generation college graduates. And it was great to go down that road. Absolutely. And we went to college, yes? We did. (laughs) And where did you go to college? I actually don't know the full answer to this. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I went to Cal. I went to Berkeley. Right. Very proud of it. Um, How about you? I went to the University of Florida, also very proud of it. Go Gators. Have our teams ever played football or something? I don't think my team is very good to beat (laughs) your team. Um, Yeah. I think your team, your school probably beats us in some... Some other statistics, but we'll just stick to football right now and yeah. say mine might be a little better. Yeah, like, do you feel like, would you go there now? What's your whole take about Florida? I would definitely go again. I actually don't think I would get in anymore. It's become even more competitive. It, for the first time ever, is in the top 10 of the best public schools. A lot of California schools are on that list, too. Schools are getting really competitive. Really competitive. And I personally know through my niece, who is a senior, and getting college acceptances as we speak and getting, unfortunately, some rejections when I personally think that she should be accepted. And it really is showing, like, even she's such a wonderful student and she has really high scores, similar to sort of like probably what our scores were. And she's just not getting the same results. But the good news is that she's in a lot of schools, too, and so it's going to be... I I just can't wait to figure out which one she chooses. If you hadn't have gotten into Berkeley, is there another school out there that you think that actually would have been a really good fit, too? Because Berkeley is a big school. But see, I didn't even want to go there, as I didn't really know about it. I mean, I'm happy I went, but I didn't start really loving it until second semester um, when I was there. But... The thing is, like, you just did well in high school, and then you would apply to the UCs, and then you sort of, like, went to the best one, or at least that's what happened with me and a lot of my friends. Um, Did you always want to go to uh, University of Florida? Well, my grandparents went to Chapel Hill in North Carolina, and that was my top choice, and I didn't get in. And I don't know if my parents said anything, but I'm sure they were thinking, oh, what a relief. Because in Florida, they have a program where if you get a certain SAT and GPA, you go to college for free. They would have been paying a lot at Chapel Hill. So it worked out really well. Obviously, I'm really happy. I met my husband. My sister was there. And that was actually really special. And something I didn't think about going there is having someone already there that shows you where your classes are before the first day of school because it's a huge campus and shows you the ropes 
that's something that a lot of first-generation college students don't have mm-hmm. that I really benefited from. Yeah. So when we last talked, we were starting off the month of March, and we got on this sidetrack about my obsession with North Korean memoirs, and I never got to ask you, what are you reading? So I wanted to make time on this episode to ask you, because I really do want to know, if what you, are you reading? If you remember, <laughs> you actually wanted to talk about a second book or more books <laughs> after your North Korea. Yeah, you know, thanks for asking. Um, I wrote down a couple of books that I'm reading and or just have finished. Um, one I definitely recommend was the 57 bus. Have you heard about it? No. 57 bus is about a horrible incident that happened on the 57 bus in Oakland in 2013. Um, the author is Dashka Slater. And oh, I, I think I know what incident you're talking about. And like the students of the teachers I work with um, are all reading this in one sitting. So I decided to read it and it happened all in one sitting. I definitely recommend it. And then another book. Please. Thank you. Um, is <laughs> Sapiens. I feel like everybody is reading this book. I've definitely read it. Um, a Brief History of Human. Do you recommend it? Oh, my gosh. I actually, as while I'm reading it, was thinking, how can I include this in AP World History next year? Yeah. It is so well done, although there were some moments that I didn't necessarily agree with. Overall, I thought what he was taking on was obviously huge, the history of humans, and he does it in such thought-provoking ways. But I had to schedule a chapter a night and really sit in it. It's not beach reading. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dense. Yeah. Well, I'm totally enjoying it so far. And thank you, Anne, for asking me what I'm reading. (laughs) I'm so glad I made time for it this time. Sorry about that. So this whole month we focused on college, and we were hoping to do an article on college each week, and we were hoping to do a podcast connected to college each week. And unfortunately, we we haven't really found the high-quality things that we were looking for. So I'm curious, while you were looking for articles, obviously your lead article we'll talk about in a little bit, but what did you come across when trying to find articles on college? Yeah, it was funny. Like, we made this assumption, or at least I did, that there would be just all of this content out there, all of these articles. You know, we said, hey, let's focus on college. There must be tens and hundreds of great articles. And you know what? Like, there actually wasn't. Um, They were either a little too old or too short or not that well-written or too technical or too scholarly. And what I found is that there weren't enough really great articles that included Mm -hmm. first-person, either accounts by the first-person or profiles of students. And that's maybe why we focused on first-generation college students in our own reporting. Mm -hmm. Their stories aren't being told. Well, I mean, I'm really happy that in last... In last Thursday's highlighter, you you went to StoryCorps. So, like, that was really great. But for me, I couldn't find the articles. I mean, did you have the same situation with the podcast? I listened to so many bad podcasts. I really tried hard to find podcasts that people wouldn't have heard of but were telling these stories, and they don't exist, it appears. The stories that I found were a lot of stories about how you don't need to go to college to succeed, a lot of podcasts, dropout, college dropout to millionaire and how you can do it too. And they're all podcasts hosted by white guys, interviewing white guys. Uh, there was one podcast in, I believe, the man's in Berkeley and very popular podcast. And it was all about how uh, colleges are all liberal and he can't believe that the states pay for this because it's essentially brainwashing and a waste of time. But he came from a place of privilege, and so maybe easier for him to say the story of families that are sending their kids to college and they've never been 
that's not their story. And this idea that's out there in the culture of, oh, you don't need a college degree to become super successful looks, you know, Bill Gates didn't or whatever the story is, is so rare. And yet that seemed to be all I could find, even though the statistic we heard of one third of college students are the first in their family to go to college, where are their stories? So I was actually really proud that we brought some of those stories in. Well, and that's exactly what you did in our last episode. It was so wonderful. I mean, I taught Wendy and Leslie Uh as well, and it was just so wonderful to have you talking to them, and they're older now, and Mm -hmm. to be able to have their voices after graduating from high school, and then sort of what's been happening for them. I was so thankful and so proud of them. Uh, About half of that interview was edited out. I will say it was my first time editing, so sorry, I wasn't very good at it, Uh, but I hope people really enjoyed hearing from them anyway. One of the things I edited out were tears. It was actually quite emotional to talk about life after high school. It's this dream. And it if you make it like Wendy, it looks different than you thought it would. And if you have a different path like Leslie, there are possible feelings that come up that you didn't even think you had when you actually sit and talk about it. So they were both so brave to come on and talk. I was really happy to bring that to light. Yeah, I agree. And especially like as educators and also as white educators and also having taught and worked in institutions that are all about first generation college, I think that it's just something that maybe I know that I sometimes forget um, about sort of my placement and my stance and sort of like how I, I come to this work. I have my own personal story with my family and their educational attainment. We all do. And yet like when we're working with first, with potentially first-generation college graduates, I think that we sort of have to be really aware and conscious about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that because we weren't able to find it in articles or podcasts that much, that's why it was so crucial to actually talk to them as, as, as you did. Thank you. I wasn't the only one, though. You did as well. I loved your interview with Rosie and her voice. Yeah, I mean, what's great about Rosie is that we were colleagues for a brief time, and um, I definitely also know about her, and she's a loyal listener and subscriber, and I've heard about her work, but having her on the show to be able to talk about her journey, and especially how she talked about both mental health in college and then the shame both in college as well as after, the idea about being an educator without yet completing her degree, and then the power that she had to say, you know what, I'm going to finish it, um, I think is so remarkable and also obviously extremely powerful for her third graders now over in, uh, over in Oakland. I was so inspired by her to think that she's already saying... To third graders I'm and to their parents, I'm getting you ready for college. The thing is, like, we all wake up in the morning and we either have jobs or that we totally love or that bring us purpose or we sort of slog through the day. And for somebody like Rosie, she wakes up, she totally knows her purpose, and she gives entirely of herself, probably even when she's incredibly tired or frustrated because she knows who she is and what her core is. Oh, I love, love working with those people. And I think, I'd like to think we're those people, and we're both in education. This is something we do for fun on the side, but it's starting to impact my job. And I'm curious if it's impacting yours as well, focusing on college 
did it make its way into coaching teachers for you? I think so. I mean, where I work, we're going into the end of the year sort of like portfolio process where students sort of defend their learning and they have to sort of do these really high stakes rites of passage. And that combined with our reporting over the last month has gotten me much more present and urgent and even aggressive, I would say, about showing up. Mm. Uh, Showing up in each coaching conversation, not to like sort of like say, hey, teacher, you have to do this, but no, let's do something here in the 30 minutes. Let's, Let's potentially have a transformative conversation and let's potentially have an opportunity to to make teaching better and also learning better for for young people. Um, Has it also been for you too? Absolutely. I think I'll give a specific example. In my psychology class, we were learning about autism and we watched the movie Temple Grandin. Have you seen it? Mm -mm. It's um, really well done and it helped students see what autism was like without having the student in the class with autism feel uncomfortable and feel like the focal point. And the conversation I had the day after we watched the movie was how was Temple Grandin different than her peers? And then I asked them, how do you think you'll be different than your peers in college? Mm -hmm. Because I had just interviewed Wendy and Leslie and was thinking about Wendy talking about how different she felt and how she was ill-prepared for that. So we ended up having this conversation and they shared all these things they thought might be different. And no one, no matter where they're going to college, mentioned being a person of color. And so I talked about how a lot of schools, they will become the minority, even though our school is almost 100% people of color. They're going to go into an institution in which that's no longer the norm. Right. And that's actually something they had never thought about. Mm-hmm. And having that conversation was really great. And I said to them, college is for you. And you need to think of people in your life right now who will tell you that when you start to doubt it and reach back out to them. Right. So if you love your advisor... Don't think that graduation day is the last time Mm -hmm. you can reach out to them if it's not, you know, the counselor or the principal or somebody, because I just saw in their faces Wendy and Leslie, and I wanted them to have more confidence going into it. I totally agree. I mean, I have really been impacted also about how can we make classrooms in each and every day a special learning opportunity um, and how can it be sort of higher stakes and how can we also as educators promote a sense of the future? This, these are dark times and uh, our, our young people are told really mean things about themselves, how there isn't hope and there shouldn't be hope. Mm-hmm. And so like you go up to a first generation potential college graduate and you say, do you want to go to college? And then a lot of them are like, maybe it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, oh, I don't know about that, or I'm too lazy. Our schools have to be that future formation of consciousness on every single day, I think. And that's sort of like what I've been getting uh, out of this month, mm-hmm. is that that this college-going culture, as, as Rosie was talking about, it has to be fought for, and has to be really formed, and it has to be really championed each and every day, like every single moment. And not in like a totally urgent, pressured, like, you know, you have to do it, but sort of like every day is an opportunity to be looking for that future. Mm-hmm. I think to close this out, it would be really fun to hear from some graduating students. So let's hear from some of our current seniors, and we wish them the best. Hi, my name is Maria. I'm a senior at Leadership High School. Um, I am very excited to be going to college because it's going to be a new experience for me. Um, because I am a first generation, um, college, going to college. Um, and 
I feel like I would be able to make lots of friends. I'm very social, so I think I wouldn't have a problem with that. My only fear is that I will be away from my from my mom, my brothers, and family. Um, yeah, it's just I'm just really nervous about leaving my mom because that's all I've known um, my entire life. But other than that, I feel like I got it and I have the confidence to go and like start a new chapter in my life. Um, yeah. Hi, my name is Alex, and I'm a senior that attends high school here in San Francisco. Um, so I know that I'm going to college as soon as possible, like in the next year. One thing that like I'm looking forward to is like you know getting to at least live in a dorms, mate, possibly making new friends, and also like getting to know more about like what I can do in the college campus and what other opportunities I have available towards me, so I can like have a good career that I will enjoy. One thing that I am scared of is basically like leaving behind all my high school memories, like leaving my friends behind, making new people, like meeting new people and making friends, as well as like managing my time, making sure I do things properly, waking up on my own time as well. It's just like being self-managed is something that's going to be really tough for me. But all in all, I'm just excited for college and just can't wait for it. Thank you. Oh, that was wonderful. I love hearing student voice. We're wrapping up a month, and I do want to leave some time to talk about what next month holds. We actually think it might last for two months because we're really excited about this topic. We are going to be focusing on reading. We're going to be talking about reading, and we're really excited, and we care a lot about this, and we're passionate about this, and we're so excited for what the next month holds. So join us. We're going to have really great articles and podcasts. So happy listening. And happy reading. Have a great week, everybody.